All right, robots. I mean, aliens. <laughs> That's close. That's almost right. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Double Issue. This is episode six, I believe. Yeah. And uh, I'm Quentin Pongratz, and I'm joined with my co-host, Daniel Poole. And this week is another world-building episode. This week, we're going to talk about race of space aliens, and we're going to world-build on that. But before we get to that, we got an email we should check out. Let's see. All right, that is our email thing, I guess. Hey, long-time fan. First time emailing. Thanks, Josh. Uh, can I be a guest on your show? Thanks, Joshua Freeman. What do you think about that, Daniel? Oh, I didn't think anyone actually liked us enough to be a guest on the show. But I mean, I guess. Okay, let me. Okay. Oh, hi. The email just magically put me into the chat, the voice chat with you. <laughs> That's how email works, right? That's yeah. how we do all of our podcasts is through email. Yeah, we do. We send bits of audio, one conversational bit at a time. Which makes all the likes and the uhs all the more questionable. But let's welcome our guest, Josh. Hi. Hey. We seeded the fact that Josh would be here on this episode in a previous episode where we mentioned a Josh. Yes, a mysterious Josh. Episode three, I believe, we mentioned Josh. Yeah, if you were looking through the clues, they've been there all along. How do we want to do this thing? We're still relatively new at the world building side. Yeah. Uh, I've got some world building questions we could ask. What's the natural environment like? What is the linguistic situation on this world? Yeah. Some of these are better than others. <laughs> the, the, lang- the language question is one that is, like makes a lot of sense, though. Is it make sense to ask it as, what's the linguistic situation <laughs> on this world? No. <laughs> That's a weird question, man. <laughs> are there more than one language? What are language? So I I had a thought about that with the linguistic question because I was like, well, that's kind of a weird question for some of what what we write about. But I had the thought that the Martians would have a really weird language if they're telepathic. It's like maybe when they write, they like imbue the words and the letters with telepathic feelings. Hmm. So you're not just reading the word, you're reading like the emotions behind the words. And after I thought about that, I was like, that's a really cool idea. I don't know if that's something that'll come up too often. I think we decided we want to pick an alien race. Right. And just kind of dive into that. Did we want to pick one that's been already in an episode or a new one? I'm torn. I think I was counting up all the different ones. We've got the Centauri that have been mentioned a couple of times. We've got the Red Alien. The Wreck-It Ralphs. Actually, the plural is Rex-It Ralph. Oh, Interesting that they put the plural at the Rex and not the Ralph. Martians. Yeah, fish Martians. Do we have any others? Uh, we mentioned, like, the vacationers. Yeah. There's race, briefly. Like, the supermen that are the vacation for heroism. I don't know if there's any others that are, like, super evident. All right, Josh, do you want to pick one? Pick a, a race for us to go into? Do I want to? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think 
you should necessarily go into the whatever Amy Dangers race is, right? She is she an alien? Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> if she is an alien, it should not be something you'd you'd touch on just yet of what specifically all her powers are from being alien. So not her race. Do you wanna go for the Centauri? Sure. The only thing we know about that one is what they call a cheeseburger. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> what do they call a cheeseburger on Centauri Prime? Do they actually answer that question? I don't think we do. It's a Royale with cheese. <laughs> it's the same as France. Yeah. <laughs> Centauri are just French people. <laughs> We've exiled them to Centauri. Way back when uh, the French made a rocket ship. <laughs> and they went to the moon. They were trying to go to the moon, and then they just went straight on past it. And then it's Centauri Prime. Okay. Episode over. Good episode. And through the magic of time warps, uh, sort of like a Planet of the Apes type situation, the planet's just been there forever. Yeah. That makes sense. So they have a French accent. We've also answered that, what is the linguistic situation like? <laughs> <laughs> they have French accents. <laughs> we come from space. Oui, oui. <laughs> they don't speak French. They just have the weird French accent. They speak accent. English with French accent. <laughs> but like the bad TV one. Who was the Centauri Prime from that? I was uh, Aster. Aster. And she could fly. And I think she had some other just natural enhancements to being in the air. Like she could breathe at high speed and stuff like that. Breathe at high speed? Well, you know, like, oh, uh, like when you hang your head out the window... Yeah, you don't need a flight suit mask. Yeah. She doesn't... <laughs> that type thing. She doesn't pass out from going at, like, a high speed. See, I'm thinking if this is an advanced civilization, is it, like, a pressed latinum, gold-pressed latinum situation, or do they use, like, entire planets? What? <laughs> they use entire planets as currency? What? <laughs> Sorry, I had a momentary <laughs> second there where I was thinking about the movie... Jupiter ascending, and I, you know, just kind of blinked out there for a second. Yeah, it, that... it just, it just reminded me of uh, Gur and Logan. They're just like throwing planets <laughs> at each other, <laughs> throwing galaxies. Galaxies, <laughs> so good. You suggested earlier that there's they're like refugees, or like a group of refugees living. Or there is some. There's a small Centauri Prime community. Yeah. Of supered people. I can't remember if we talked about it on air, but I had the concept of sort of the District 9 situation where there's the alien ship that has a lot of the workers on it that are that come to Earth. That's actually exactly what you proposed for oh. the Martians. Is that the exact <laughs> same way I... Uh. <laughs> yeah, they're also refugees. Oh yeah, I remember that one being refugees. This is just a group of refugees. Earth is just a welcoming refugee planet. Earth is just a really good landing location for a lot of different systems. That's why they built the hyperspace lane in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, it was just very convenient. If Martians are refugees, Centauri's not refugees? <laughs> Let's differentiate them, then. This is just Centauri's still around, then. Yeah, no, because she talked about going to see her dad on Centauri Prime. Oh, so that means there's some big event or war or something that... Yeah. It has forced some people out. Because there's some people on Earth and there's some back home. Are you sure it's not just, like, immigrants? I mean, I'm sure that could be, too. Like, just standard immigration? Man, we need to we need to build that space wall. 
We've got to build a space wall, and the Centauris are going to pay for it. <laughs> if we want launch enough Teslas up there, we could just make a wall of those. Ooh. Wouldn't they just form, like, a junk ring, though? Isn't that what a space wall is? <laughs> Basically a wall. I thought a space wall, they'd have to cover, like, the both poles. and Like a shell. Like a... Yeah. A and space then put, shell. And then we put artificial which, stars. Which anime was that? What we need is space balls, the Druid planet. Druidia. If you build a space wall, and you put artificial stars on the inside surface, then all of the immigrants can just live on the outside surface of the wall. What if it's not refugees, it's exiles? Now there you go. There was a small group that was exiled that left, uh, found Earth and developed a community, possibly even Ooh. generations ago. So there's there's a bit of a buildup. What if they launched a ship full of prisoners in the general direction of Earth's sun, and they just ended up crashing near Earth anyway? Yeah. Because then you would have an event with a lot of villains around. Oh, yeah. If it's prisoners, you got some really bad prisoners, some that aren't as bad, maybe reformed. Well, how long ago did that happen? We could say, like, the 1950s? Because that would give at least a generation or two distance from that. Yeah. Then you have some originals who are still around and sets of offspring. I don't think they necessarily have to be bad people criminals. They could be like... Just people that are labeled not good, like by the Empire. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. Old ruling family or something. Like, yeah. We're in power now. Everyone leave. Yeah. Could be an interesting... Because then you have the the mindset in people's head, well, these are just all bad aliens, but they're not. I mean, one supervillain be enough to kind of poison the well as far as public perception. I do like the idea that there could be someone over at the other planet, at the Centauri Prime, finds out and is sent to come track them like, down. Oh, those people we we exiled fifty blips ago. <laughs> however, <laughs> however they measure time, <laughs> they survived. <laughs> so they all got superpowers. I think they all have limited powers at least like i think they could fly and i think they maybe heal okay. a little better at the very least so it's possible that they're like the ones that are super heroes like capable of being superheroes would be like the olympic athletes of the centauri like yeah the ones that are still incredibly physically gifted when i think the ones that are on earth maybe are compelled strongly to do that kind of public service i think yeah it could just be they could fly and then they might have a better capacity for like strength and different stuff like that than our people so if you have one that's in peak physical fitness they're just miles above a human in peak physical fitness yeah. for your routine cat in a tree save the day kind of heroics having a lot of disposable superheroes like that would be helpful would it, would a normal centauri allowed be allowed to be like a a police officer <laughs> would, would we would we have a bright situation <laughs> i could see that they they would be allowed but everyone would hate them for no reason <laughs> super racist but not because you think. and also we're retconning a centauri was uh helped defeat the oh, dark yeah. lord yeah that but we're still mad <laughs> what if uh aster is like princess of that royal family that I briefly mentioned. Oh, okay. So she's been training to be at peak physical fitness because that's part of her duties. That'd be cool. And then she 
is on the team with Captain Havoc, who's kind of also an heir to a oh. a higher up family of magic people. So that would kind of make sense that they got pushed together. I looked back at the story, and we don't actually mention her dad. She just mentioned that she went to summer vacation back on Centauri Prime. Now it changes the whole dynamic. Yeah, that does. She went to summer vacation to a place she's exiled from? Well, I mean, she's like the daughter of the daughter of an exile. What if no one knows that she is the descendant of the royal family? Tell me about your summer vacation. Well, it doesn't say she went to Centauri Prime there. Uh, She was just talking about what the cheeseburgers are on Centauri Prime. Maybe she just watched Pulp Fiction all summer. (laughs) That's true. It's not explicitly about her trip. But even so, I think it'd be interesting if she, in secret, like, as a spy, went back on summer vacation to Centauri. Yeah, that's interesting. I spent my summer vacation plotting revenge. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Does Earth and Centauri, do they have, like, a relationship culture to culture i imagine probably not because then they would have to know the exiles didn't make it well we're calling them exiles but they're more like executions that didn't get executed i think it's fair to whenever someone is exiled if you're exiling them out into the wilderness you're expecting them to die anyway well i think he said sending them into a yeah but is it was it like literally trying to hit the sun or was it just like you can't live here anymore what if it was into a black hole and then it just that would make more sense as like we're aiming for it and if we miss by a bit you're probably still gonna hit it maybe they were like we're going to blast you off in this general direction we just don't care if you live yeah like they they sentenced them to life in this imprisonment ship but the life they didn't really care about how long that expectancy was yeah, but I think they have to assume that they're dead. Yeah, they didn't expect the ship to land anywhere. They expected them to be exiled to the ship, drifting in space forever. Or if they hit a planet, it yeah. doesn't matter. They should die yeah. in it. They don't have controls for emergency landing or anything. They can fly. They don't have to do much as far as like escape pods. <laughs> can they fly in space? Ooh, yeah. that's a good question. I think they can fly in space. Well, then the exile doesn't make any sense. <laughs> when you exiled us, we opened the window and came back. Yeah, why do they have space? Well, I don't think they can breathe, though, in space. Okay. So, looping back around to world-building plot holes, if, if she did spend her summer vacation doing espionage on Centauri, how did she get there? She spaceship took a pleasure cruise ship. I think there's there's a vast galactic travel agency neighborhood that Earth is just mainly not a part of. So similar to the the Marvel situation, yeah. Or DC, like there's all these different planets that are part of the core, like the Green Lantern core. Oh yeah, but Earth just kind of got roped in recently. <laughs> Well, with heroes like Amy Dangerous, maybe they were like, nah, that seems like a lot of work to go deal with that. So she took a back channels way. Well, I mean, it makes sense if she's doing espionage anyway. Yeah. But she just like... Like there is that one vacation species. Perhaps she got a ride with them and then from there it's more of a straight shot to space town. The Centauri on Earth are the descendants of 
exiled people from their home planet. Well, do they have longer lifespans or anything? Ooh, good question. What if they have shorter lifespans as, mm-hmm. a, as an effect of them being stronger and having superpowers? As the effect of them never walking anywhere since they can fly? <laughs> yeah, the flame that burns brightest <laughs> burns half as long. I can see that. What if they use a lot of like sleeping and hibernation technology? So maybe some of their more aristocratic members hibernate a couple years at a time or something? Since they've got to do space travel. That takes so long. Oh yeah. Hmm. What if there's an off switch? An off. Not so much a switch, but they can like just go to sleep and kind of turn off aging. Okay. Oh. And that helps them heal. What if that's that healing thing she had at the end? That makes sense. So they could just choose to kind of go into this state. Oh, that's how they survive the exile. Well, now they do have to be shot towards <laughs> a black hole. <laughs> There's no way around this, guys. They have to have been aimed for an execution. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) All right, so they are aimed for an execution, but took over the ship. A failed execution. They they somehow got control of the ship, or it just missed. Sometimes people calculate things wrong. Yeah, some maybe something happened, or yeah, we don't need to fill in that detail. But somehow they escaped execution. The notes still say they have a French accent. Because <laughs> they okay. still do. <laughs> May- oh, wait. I know why they have a French accent. <laughs> their exile pod, their prison ship, crashed in France. <laughs> they are <laughs> French aliens. They learned... They learn the languages of Earth from France. I think that is still an interesting question of uh, where did the space shuttle land? Because there's that, there's like that alternate story of if if Superman had crashed in Russia, type story where it does matter what culture an alien meets first. Like, who are their allegiances to? Yeah, where did they land? That would be a good. I mean, if they have control of the ship, they could pick. Well, but they wouldn't know the difference. I mean, if even if they did pick where they landed, like they wouldn't, unless they like did some surveillance of Earth before they crashed. <laughs> I don't even know if they have like full control of the ship. Like, yeah, I don't know either. But it doesn't matter as much as it would a superman type character because they're not being raised by that yeah i think we can leave a blank there unless anyone's got a good idea for what it could be i have some thoughts but i might try to explore it in a story if i do i did have the thought if they're landing like in the 50s maybe they were kind of part of the martian craze like the roswell crash and things like that so their ship could be kind of vaguely saucer like and maybe that's part of what made the alien craze at the time. So the 50s, mm. you're implying that the 50s of your world shares commonalities with the 50s of real real Earth. Yeah, and maybe vague, broad strokes. When do the Martians come up from the ocean mm. and say, yo, we've been here? Because I know they show up for a while in the ancient times. Yeah, but I think part of what determines if we have a Roswell's type thing in this world is has 
Martian's already said, yeah, we live here. Because <laughs> I like the idea that Ichiban's been around. Yeah, for sure. So. Where were we? Um, appearance. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we, we didn't say anything about appearance. Uh, they look like humans, except uh, they have a flesh cape. Oh, no. <laughs> no. All of them wear capes because the cape is Well, them. I mean, they're all so naked. It's the only clothing they wear is the one that they're born with. <laughs> this is as bad as the fleshy cup hands conversation we had to have earlier. I think I heard a little bit of it. Mm, no. <laughs> uh, my answer was going to be vaguely human. Yeah, I think that. There's got to be something different about them, though. They could fly. No. Come on. Otherwise, if you're just making humans from space that's just superman well what about if they have a wider range of hair and skin colors just as what if they have oh, i was gonna say just as part of being in space for so long what if they have an ear on the top of their head <laughs> <laughs> and that helps one it's a sick wayside story reference two it helps them hear when they're flying. <laughs> they can hear out in front of them. <laughs> yeah, what they're flying towards. <laughs> but only if they're looking at the ground. <laughs> well, they have to be looking at the ground. They can't fly with their face pointing forward. No, because then how else would they see what's in front of them using the echolocation of the, <laughs> like, they have like a... It's not a mouth, but it is a sound emitter. <laughs> <laughs> their faces are on the top of their heads. <laughs> oh. I mean, with a longer neck, it would be a huge. It would be a huge oversight that Daniel didn't mention that in his story. But I also really like. It. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, what if they have a weird bone thing in the back of their neck so their neck doesn't like rip off <laughs> but no faces on top of their head sounds much better <laughs> no you invited me here to be the person with veto power <laughs> i said no <laughs> but like they just put their head down and then they're facing forward for normal people yeah but it's anything but normal but but even do they not fly a, like do Say they're they're flying or like floating next to someone and having a conversation. Do they float with their bodies flat so that their face can point toward the person they're talking to? Or what if they have ET necks and so their head just kind of periscopes down and over? Oh man. What about necks that like heads that can just look anywhere though? Man. I they can rotate and spin their necks or heads yeah, like however they need oh, to. Their head sense. is on a swivel. Instead of a neck, it's on a pivot. Yeah, a swivel thing. That makes sense. That'd make it easier for them to like position themselves in zero G. They could have slightly bigger eyes, like Anita Battle Angel eyes. Oh. Hold on. The distinction of their face being on the top of their head doesn't matter as much if the top of their head can be rotated around to the front. Or the top, or the side, wherever. Yeah, no, I gave up on it being on the top. Okay. Now it just can be anywhere. <laughs> their face is wherever it needs to be. What if their head is like basically a like a ocean of skin, <laughs> and 
all their facial <laughs> features are like the boats. Oh. Oh, that's so much worse. <laughs> that is a super that's a superpower in itself. <laughs> they can have the things uh, where they need them I'm to Mr. be. I'm Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Potato Head, but you don't remove the things. They just Switch around. That just makes me think of the video game Mohawk and Headphone Jack from the SNES. Because, like, you would jump, and instead of jumping, his head would just go to his groin, and that would be where his head was then. Because he was, like, made of clay or something ugly. Oh. Oh. It was real nasty. So, it wasn't that his head would go, like, his groin would go up to his head, but his head would stay in the same spot. It was like his head would shrink into a groin. And his groin would expand up into a head. Oh. So, like, he would do a backflip every time he jumped anywhere and would do this transformation. Yeah, that's pretty ugly. And it was bad. It wasn't good. I gotta see this. Whenever yeah. you mentioned the Centauri race, you didn't realize you were making Clay Fighters. Yeah. Clay Fighters is a real good game. Uh, I think I see. He flips, but he, like becomes the other orientation as he's flipping. So he lands. So he does, like, half of Half of a flip, and then he's right side up at that half flip. Yeah, that's real gross. No, it's, it's not good. That game seems interesting, because they do some weird things with gravity. Yeah, I've played a, a video from YouTube, and all it is is him floating around in no gravity. There's no yeah. jumping. <laughs> Go to the middle of it. Okay, there it is. Oh, yeah, that's gross. Anyway. Yeah, it's like that, but for their face. Hmm. I don't know. That just seems like a whole new power set. Because could they do that with everything? Nope. Just their face? Yeah. I mean, can you smell with your fingers? No. So, maybe something like that to a less ugly degree. (laughs) I think just them being able to pivot their neck really at an extreme angle makes more sense. Like owl-esque? Yeah. But they could just lock it back yeah. where they could look forward without hurting themselves. They somehow have full control over what direction their faces face and can lock that in place in a much more rigid way than normal. Being able to rotate their head around to an absurd amount is uncanny if you see it. But you wanted something that made them not <laughs> yes. human appearance. And I was... Facial features that float around. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was okay with skin color changes, or <laughs> like <laughs> they're all blue. Isn't this wacky? They're all blue. I'm still putting in another vote for big eyes because yeah. that just seems off-putting enough. Like, yeah, like so they're just owl. Yeah, owl okay. people. Like, yeah, they can fly. I was going to say owl people that can fly. <laughs> Instead of uh, saying hello, they go, Ooh. I do think this is a good time to bring up the fact that that reference of a quarter pounder yeah. implies that there are McDonald's in this world. Oh, wait. It, there's definitely McDonald's in this it, world. It implies that there's McDonald's. And there's Pop Fiction. Yeah, and probably, yeah. Uh, and it implies that fiction. whatever this place is, they use the pound. Because a quarter pound doesn't really make oh, sense. Oh, well, yeah. We, I mean, you, can, you can use pounds. I mean, I'm not fully convinced that she wasn't telling a joke. Yeah. True. She was either being completely serious 
and there is no Pulp Fiction, or she was telling a joke, and there is Pulp Fiction. It's possible that the Pulp Fiction reference was just for the listener, just for the audience. I'm reading as what she did for her summer vacation is she watched Pulp Fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess we'll just have to find out in her next issue. We can sum up some of the situation. We have Centauri that might have a French accent. (laughs) (laughs) They have a French owl accent. (laughs) (laughs) What does Winnie the Pooh sound like in French? And then we can extrapolate that to the owl character. There you go. Winnie the Pooh. French. Ow. Don't Google it. You're not going to... Oh, I found it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, it's missing French. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh owl is obviously going to find something. I cannot not find a French version of Winnie the Pooh. It's blasphemy in France. (laughs) Let me just French owl. (laughs) Maybe this will be a good thing. Wait. Eboo. That's French for out. Oh, that makes sense. Or is it? There's another word. Hold on. I got a ibu versus joet. I don't know how to say French. Joet is used as cool before the word cool was used in France. Both are translate translated in English as owls. Both encompass many species and even genera. It may. It is actually fairly easy to see the difference between the two. Oh, they're that. It's the, the difference between the owls that go whoo versus the ones that are like, mm. you know how there's two different types of owls, the ones that are surprised all the time. Oh yeah, and the ones that are suspicious all the time. Yeah, the French have two different words for those. Ah, that's weird. Chouette and Ibu. Those are the two factions, <laughs> the two royal factions. <laughs> Of, of the Centauri. I found it out, guys. Shwe and Ibu. Yeah. It sounds alien enough to American yeah. ears. Sure. So, I mean. so which royal family is the exiled one? The Shwe or the Ibu? The surprised one is the exiled one. The suspicious one is the, <laughs> the one that is now in charge. Okay, so Aster is an Ibu. <laughs> I just like looking at these pictures. What? You betrayed me? You know what you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is perfect. I'm glad I'm glad this entire owl people. <laughs> French French owl people, it all culminated. So they have little skin flaps or something? Or like feathers for the little surprised eyebrows. Oh, maybe. They have, Maybe their eyebrows they, can just be wild. They have very <laughs> exaggerated eyebrows. What if their eyebrows kind of like became their hair? They don't. Everyone is bald, <laughs> and that's where all their hair comes from—is the eyebrow region. Oh, Aster oh. just has beautiful flowing eyebrows. I mean, yeah. She said she, or as uh, described as having stark blonde hair. Stark blonde well, eyebrows. It looks like hair to other people the way she styles it. Because <laughs> it's just eyebrows combed back. Yeah, combed back or around and up. And... <laughs> Comb over. <laughs> I mean, the first time she does a hard stop, people are going to notice. <laughs> no. She has full rigid control over her eyebrows, just like her neck position. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
not opposed to hair control being <laughs> a power. I don't know if it's a power that this race would have specifically for their eyebrows. Well, they're flying all the time. They need to, like, get out of the way, hair. That's why it only grows above their eyes, where it can be blown back away. So, no on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Long I'm having trouble silence. considering that. Really long eyebrow hair is just real gross. <laughs> you have to shift your thinking. I guess so. I gotta. This get... isn't eyebrow hair. This is all their hair. <laughs> they don't have to shave their legs. They have to trim their eyebrow hair that has grown down to their legs. <laughs> oh, Ugh. oh, all hair. <laughs> yeah, all hair comes from their eyebrow. Then it's like a bayonetta situation. Yeah, they just make their clothes out of their eyebrow hair. Okay, we don't have to do that. What else should we cover before finishing? We got kind of a good history, history of them on Earth. It's kind of vague on what they were kicked out of, but yeah. that leaves room for yeah. stuff. But we, we have set up that there is like a royal family coup type situation. We want to cover anything about culture or religion or anything like that? Mm, I don't know if it's necessary to go into religion. Because I don't want to have like them have a monoculture, but what's the linguistic situation on this world? <laughs> they speak French. <laughs> are are we tr- still trying to define more of the Centauri home planet or the Centauri race of like the group of exiles on Earth? I mean, that's what I'm asking. Do we need any more of either of them? Like, what what kind of things do like? There's plenty left to still fill in, but do we? Do you think we've done enough? Was it decided uh, fully if they had, like, a, a Wakanda-type isolated beginning on oh, yeah. on Earth? Or was it they crashed in the middle of a city or something? Like <laughs> They crashed in the 1950 World Fair. <laughs> the people of tomorrow. <laughs> I do like the idea of maybe they go into a, a self-exile. Maybe have a island community. I mean, I think this is too close to exactly the other alien race we have on earth right now though that's true because the martians did do exactly that yeah i mean what if it wasn't like go and be secret forever but like get get your footing and make sure you're defensible before you make contact but still try to make contact because being exiled sucks like you can't live completely subsistently on earth but try to get a footing if you if you're not immediately noticed don't announce yourself immediately maybe they still operate on the spaceship that brought them like it can't support all of the new born centauri but some of them still live up there up there was it is it in orbit or is it crashed maybe they kept it in orbit i don't know maybe we have to set it not the 1950s but what if there's a space station that aegis had and then abandoned for a bit because they were doing something else they had an earth headquarters or something and if they if they've not crash landed the centauri are in orbit and they see the space station and just kind of commandeer that yeah that'd work having uh not heard any of your aegis world building because i'm a terrible person i uh (laughs) i will have to just say yeah that sounds cool they're just like justice league or senators or something Wait, I I just assume that they've had a space base at some point. 
Maybe they just commandeered an old supervillain lair. Yeah, some kind of space. space station. Some kind of home that they could make. Yeah, I think it makes sense for them to have, like, they have a home that is not within someone else's jurisdiction. Yeah, but they can't all stay there. Yeah, there's and they don't have enough reason, like, food or reason for them to make contact and try to integrate into Earth society to some degree. So, what if we go back then and give them the ability, maybe not breathe in space, definitely survive in space and survive and free entry and whatever. Oh, so they can travel back and forth between their space station as needed. That'd be cool. What if they do that by combining their two powers of long-term hibernation and flight? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They just, like, set themselves a course, go to sleep, and when they get there, they wake up. I actually really like that because they could do long space travel, but they would need to know all of the variables of what would be in their path to not. Yeah. So it would be a very risky thing to do that. But it's theoretically possible. Maybe that's how they became like a big space empire, was just shooting lots and lots of them out into space, <laughs> just at random directions. Well, then it's, why do they have a spaceship? Well, I mean, if they can't breathe. Well, yeah, that's, how they, that's how they actually control it and not roll the dice I with guess. everything. Just early on, they kind of seeded the universe in different places with just shooting people out. What if... There isn't like an organ you can clip that permanently makes them lose their flight abilities. So maybe they were gonna get like clipped and then dropped off on Earth or something. Eh, I don't like that one. Eh. Nah. I guess it would mean that the first generation is not super powered, but the future generations could be. But still, well, I was saying that's maybe I... like why they like had an uprising or escaped or whatever. Yeah, I just don't like the other people knowing that they're still alive. Like, yeah. I like the potential story of someone coming to hunt them down because they figured out yeah. there was all these exiled or expected executed royals. We need our Vegeta. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a potential for that storyline if they don't know that they've survived right. and have been here for a while. So on the list of powers, they can make a spirit bomb. <laughs> they have to learn that one from King oh, Kai. Okay. Yeah, but in general, they can channel their energy and shoot it <laughs> they have to learn that one from master roshi okay well in general they can turn <laughs> into monkeys when the moon is full there we go <laughs> there it is <laughs> they all have monkey tails i thought that was explicit that is what you said in the story we forgot to the, mention that the only place that they grow hair is on their monkey tails <laughs> no that's just an eyebrow that's grown all the way back <laughs> yeah the tail is just skin. Ooh. Ooh. The eyebrows grow back onto the tail. Ooh. No. Little rat tail back there. Are we done? Yeah, it's probably good. Let's do uh, one quick recap. Somebody want to do that so I don't have to? Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to. I don't want to lead this since I'm a guest. So recap, we've got the Centauri, which on Earth are a group of exiles and or prisoners that escaped to earth they apparently got their accent from france there is a we can drop the (laughs) (laughs) i kept we got what we needed from the french part. i kept referencing it as a joke 
<laughs> it's it's yeah, no. canon. I mean, I mean, it is canon, but we don't need to say how they got it. Yeah. They just have it, like the citizens of Ryloth. Yeah. yeah, they've got flight, strength, and better physical fitness powers, and they can also sleep for long periods of time in hibernation, and can survive in the vastness of space for short periods. I think that's tied in with their healing yeah. ability. Yeah, like their hibernation healing is yeah. They've got big eyes, twisty necks. We didn't quite settle on like skin and hair colors. As far as the X, as far as the XLs are concerned, they're mostly from the same. Yeah, like a the same limited room. gene pool, so they yeah. have less skin and hair variations among the Earth exiles. But then there's the royal family that's been exiled to Earth. That are the how do you say we gonna say that Hibu? Ibu. Hibu. No H. Ibu. But yeah. And then the Shuru. <laughs> no H on that There's one. no R in there. <laughs> the Shoet. Shoet. Did just go to the Google thing and hit the sound button. Uh, that's work. They're the overthrowing people. They're the current rulers of Centauri home planet. Yeah. And so they're our vague space empire and what was the other thing there's something else oh and the only one we've really talked about so far is aster from week two yep that sounds good yeah Yeah, we took some twisty turny paths to get there but i think that's pretty (laughs) solid i like that the the french thing actually played a part yeah yeah it was a pleasant surprise how much will that make them look like the centauri from babylon 5 do they look like elves they have big eyebrows well, I didn't know. We've that was it. already we've nixed that living eyebrow stuff. <laughs> That'll have to be my own alien. Yeah, you should have that living, living eyebrow hair control with with the face on top. It's, it's actually gonna be like kill a kill. It's eyebrows that have invaded. <laughs> I like it. Like how everyone's gonna start wearing fake eyebrows and it's like, no, guys, they're aliens trying to take over. <laughs> this has been fun. Well, thanks for being on the show, Josh. Yeah, it was it was fun. I liked it. Being your roommate, <laughs> I I have a bit of spoilers. I was gonna reveal that in episode eighteen. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> we can we can edit it out. We can we can just edit that. Well, yeah, <laughs> like it's it's interesting that I I have gotten like a little bit of behind the scenes view of it, but this is a fully behind the scenes view of it, and it's pretty pretty fun. I like yeah. it. Do you want to read some credits with us? Sure. Uh, you can find me, Daniel Poole, at Twitter, at Gwair, that's G-Y-W-A-I-R, or on WordPress as Calculating Normals. The art for the show is by Lisa Prather. You can find her stuff at lisapratherart.com or on Instagram at lisapratherart. Our website is doubleissue.show. Twitter is at doubleissueshow. You can find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash doubleissue. You can email us at doubleissueshow at gmail.com. That's how we get our guests, apparently. Yeah. And next week will be a story episode. We'll be concluding our stories from this last week. And now let's uh, pass it off to future Quentin. I think you mean laser Quentin. Laser Q. Since it was just the one song this week, you'd think they'd be able to do it themselves this time. But fine. I get paid the same whether I read one song credit 
or five, or if Daniel had his way, thirteen different sirens and portal sound effects, which is to say, nothing. Can you imagine if they paid me based on how many likes and ums I cut out? You should see the cutting room floor. If I rolled around, you'd mistake me for a simile. Oh yeah, the song. Free Harmonics by the Free Harmonic Orchestra, used under the Creative Commons license and shortened down for use as our intro. Alright Daniel, what do you got for us this week? Or uh, the narrator for the first arc of the Adventure Zone. Yeah. I love when oh, sometimes yeah. he's like, but don't ask me. I'm just the narrator. That's not how he sounds at all. Yeah. Nailed it. First I thought I was listening to Adventure Zone. 